Hey guys, let me tell you about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast if you're thinking of starting one and it's free. Yes, free. <laughs> they also have a creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's free and you can make money. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, welcome back to Talk Shit with Peace. So, me personally, I've been hearing about the parents complaining during this pandemic time so well I, I do have friends who are parents and most of my followers instagram any social media it's a lot of parents so i do have a friend who's a teacher and i wanted to hear the other side of the pandemic stories because I've had as I said I've had a lot about the parent side and I'd like to hear the struggles and the hectic side of the teachers <laughs> so I'm gonna let her introduce herself and we're gonna get into it hey girl hi welcome to my show and thank you for accepting the invitation to come and do this sure I'm happy to do it so if you don't mind letting my listeners know who you are, where you are, and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Quina. Um, I am a currently a middle school teacher at a Gwinnett County Charter School. Um, this is my, I think, my 11th year teaching. I spent most of my career teaching elementary school. Um, and then the last four years, I have moved into middle school. Um, so my school is a kindergarten through eighth grade school, um, and therefore I've been able to kind of see both sides of the the really um, younger kids. I've taught as young as second grade, um, and I currently teach sixth, seventh, and eighth grade middle school. Nice. So for those who don't know, me and Queen actually uh, did our grad school together. Yes, we because did. Uh, we know each other. We know we go all the way back to 2014. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a challenging year, also, <laughs> but mostly because we were in school. <laughs> all right. So how has the pandemic been for you personally, like mental health, emotionally? I like to start with that to check in on people. And uh, for those who don't know, um, you're also Chinese, and we had a president calling it the the China virus. Yes, and all that. I can only imagine how. Well, I have many thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I did. I, I did used to see some of your uh, statuses on Facebook and Instagram. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I guess. Uh, well, before I get started, I guess I wanted to just give a shout out to any of our like mutual friends. You had mentioned that we were in grad school together. Um, so any of our mutual friends that are working in the hospitality industry, um, because I know that this has really been tough on them. So just sending out some love and good vibes uh, to them um, because I know that their their industry is, is having, um, having a difficult time right now. 
Um, but also, I guess I am considered a public school educator, but I work for a charter school, um, which should I explain maybe what a charter school is for people that yes, know? Um, so a charter school is a free public school of choice, um, and it operates kind of under a contract that agrees to meet certain goals and follow certain guidelines um, in exchange for like certain exemptions from other government rules and regulations. Um, we receive government funding, but we operate pretty independently from the county. Um, and most of our charter schools often have some sort of a goal or instructional method that kind of sets them apart from other public school, uh, other public schools around them. So my school actually focuses specifically on the Mandarin Chinese language. Like that is what we offer that is different from uh, the school around us. Um, and so a lot of what I will probably say today is going to be more specific to me and my experiences. Um, but I know that things are a little bit different in a maybe more traditional public school setting. Um, so I kind of just wanted to give that disclaimer also, um, just because my my experience might not represent everyone's. Thank you. We appreciate for that. We appreciate the disclaimer. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I guess you said you asked how the pandemic has been for me personally. Yes. Is that the first question? Um, so I think there's there's been some good and some bad. Um, I am typically a person that likes to do things um, and I thrive kind of on experiences and trying new things often. I really love to travel. Um, I have a planner that I like to fill up with things to do and these, you know, past few months um, it's been really kind of empty so that has been a bit of an adjustment um, but with that said I tend to kind of overextend myself a little bit um, I like to you know stay busy at school but I also like to stay busy you know in my social life um, so sometimes I tend to just you know overwork myself a little bit so it's been nice to just kind of slow down um, slow down some and uh, just like Zoom has been great as far as, you know, I have a friend who lives out in Seattle and we've made it kind of a weekly thing where we check in um, with our four closest friends on Zoom every Friday and we play games and, you know, we hang out um, that way. So that's been really cool to kind of just be able to see her um, more nice. than I normally would. <laughs> yeah, it has somehow made us um, reconnect with the people matter more to us. Mm -hmm. Is, yeah. In a way. Yeah. So that has been really rewarding. And how has um, hearing the the president who doesn't want to let go calling <laughs> the China virus for you? Oh man. Um, well, I have a lot of thoughts about that. Um, I think the biggest thing is that words really do matter. Um, I think since, you know, COVID kind of started, um, reports of hate crimes against Asian Americans in general have just gone up. Um, and I think that people that still insist on calling it that just don't understand how detrimental it is. Um, a lot of 
their excuses kind of stem from like, well, we've always kind of called it, or we've always called viruses, you know, where they came from, or they've always been named after places that they came from, like the Spanish flu um, or Ebola. Um, but I think just in recent studies, we've recognized that naming viruses after places are incredibly like devastating to those economies um, and the people like from there. So, you know, in 2009, we called the the swine flu, I think, where it was, um, it was just, it was, uh, and I think like the swine flu eventually became like named H1N1. Um, but the lab yeah. tests initially showed that it was similar to like the influenza virus that circulated among pigs. So even though there wasn't like an evidence that kind of linked eating pork and the spread of the flu, the name itself, I think, just raised a whole bunch of issues for pork farmers. Um, and there was like a huge decline in sales. And then um, countries like Russia and Ukraine and Mexico and China, I think even banned like pork products. Um, and so just, you know, I think we just have to be very cautious of how we, you know, give names um, to, to things like viruses, you know, um, or even, you know, I think it wasn't until kind of recently where we started giving hurricanes um, like male names in addition to female names. I think they only used to be female names. Um, and so, you know, there's always that, like, I think doing so always kind of brings a stigma to, you know, a group of people or, um, you know, or, an, or, or a certain minority or um, even like, you know, genders. Uh, so we just, we think, I mean, as a society, I think that we just need to be better about you know, giving it the scientific name um, so that it doesn't, doesn't like, uh, how do I say it? Um, I guess make like Increase certain, yeah, yeah, make certain groups like outliers or, or deliberately. Yeah, I feel like it increases harassment and hate yeah. because people end up targeting you and discriminating you because now people are like, oh, he's from China, we're not going to right. go to them because that's where it came from and it's not right. Yeah, I mean, I even, I guess there was an incident kind of uh, at my school, which it wasn't, I think the other thing too is that people think of racism as as very like outward, like hateful words. Um, but I would even say that like for, for me, um, I think when the coronavirus first kind of started happening in the news, um, I was sitting at my desk in the morning and my students hang out in the hallway um, before the, the first bell. So, you know, they'll be in the hallway. And then I overheard like one of my kids say, you know, if I hear Miss Rockmore cough, I'm going to run in the opposite direction. And oh. I think for me that like that really hurt, you know, it, it's just yeah. devastating kind of to hear that these are kids that I like love and who I've taught for, you know, three years now. Um, and even just that kind of misconception or um, or like what, you know, what they perceive this virus to be. Um, and, and some of it is ignorance, you know, some of it is just, you know, they're, they're kids, they're, they're middle schoolers, but um, there's a teachable moment in there. You know, I think that it's, it's just, it's important kind of how we, um, we address this. And then especially if, the president is kind of adding fuel to that fire um 
it's it's not a great thing. <laughs> it really isn't. Oh well. Now let's get to 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 the main to the main reason I brought you. <laughs> How has virtual teaching been for you? Um, virtual teaching was pretty difficult in the beginning, but lately it's been going well. Um, it obviously doesn't replace any sort of face-to-face instruction. Um, but I will say that teaching middle school has been kind of a, a wonderful blessing for me in in the sense that having, you know, taught elementary school for most of my teaching career, um, I cannot imagine what it is like to teach younger children um, <laughs> during this time. So many hats off to the teachers that do. Um, the transition online is not, you know, without its challenges, but for the most part, my students are old enough and familiar enough with technology that they can kind of figure and navigate things on their own without the help of their parents. Um, so that has been a, a, a good thing um, for me. Um, I will say kind of the most challenging part has been moving all of my content online and finding um, effective ways to keep my students engaged. Um, one of the biggest things that I you know, kind of have to remember is that they're at home and so it's difficult for them to tran- like to mentally transition from home mode to school mode when their environment doesn't change. You know, so I don't envy them. I know that it would be really hard for me to do because I am actually um, I'm able to go into into school um, and teach from from school. So having been able to come into the building, that has at the very least been been helpful for me. Um, So I know that that's not the case necessarily with with a lot of other teachers and um, and a lot of other districts. Um, but I know that it's been helpful for me to at least be able to go into my classroom and teach. Like, even though I'm teaching virtually, oh, I'm still able to go to work. But I know for kids, it's really hard for them to separate that, you know, school and, and work mode um, or work or school mode versus like home mode, you know, when their environment is the same, like when their TV is like right next to them, you know. <laughs> I so know. I told you I'm pretty sure some of them still be like in bed. Know, yes. Like, Can I get my laptop? Yes, we've been, and it's hard to, you know, as a teacher, telling our kids that, like, you know, we don't, you know, we don't want you in bed. We want you to like be in a chair and and you know in an environment that is conducive to your learning. Um, and it's hard because not everyone kind of has that luxury. Um, like I've got kids that are sometimes calling in from from their cars, um, and so yeah, it's man. like it's not always um, not everyone is you know obviously on an equal footing, so oh, that, yeah. that makes it a little challenging as well. Great, and um, I know with me following you on your social medias, I, I've seen. Um, your teacher student outings and events and I know how much you love your kids so how has not seeing your students your fellow teachers and missing all those activities which are a big part of the teaching oh gosh I know um this I think has probably been the most difficult um for me 
Um, like I think I said before, I, I like to stay involved and after school clubs and activities are some of my personal favorite things to do. Um, so in a typical year, I run the student council and I run yearbook as well. And I'm also part of our, uh, what we call our PBIS team, which is our positive behavioral intervention and support team, um, where each month we plan like a fun activities for students to earn. Um, and it's like a reward that they get at the end of the month. So sometimes we do like a waffle bar. Sometimes we like play games against the teachers and it's called battle of the classes. Um, so for me, school isn't just about the educational aspect. It's much more about the development of the whole child. Um, so my favorite memories of my childhood were those extra activities and the field trips that I took during elementary school. And I know that those, um, I know that my kids are really missing that and the social interactions that they would typically have with their friends as well. So I know that this is really hard for them. And especially because my school, uh, we actually go to China at the end of the year, every other year. Um, and the their most recent trip, which was this past summer, had to be canceled. And originally it was postponed to 2021. And um, now we're looking at having to postpone it again to 2022. So I know that this has been very difficult um, on not just, you know, me, um, but I'm sure these are all experiences that they kind of looked forward to. And as a kid, you know, a year is a very long time for, for a kid. Um, oh, yeah. So it's it's been really sad for them to have to miss out on, on things. Um, and then what I've tried to do uh, you know, we started off trying to do like virtual rewards, but middle schoolers don't aren't really into virtual rewards. <laughs> um, there's like not a ton that you can do. So over the last two months, um, I have my kids earning like virtual tickets, but then I draw like two to three names a month for like a $5 gift card and I send it to them via, you know, snail mail. Um, and I think that it makes their day because kids at this age don't really get things in the mail anymore. Um, the very oh, yeah. least, it's like it's tangible for them. And I'm willing to spend, you know, $15 a month on my kids, um, especially because I don't even get to see them. So that has not like that's kind of been my, um, you know, just something that I found that I can that's do. Yeah. And they get excited. You know, I like put their names all in like a an, digital wheel and then like I spin it and they're just like watching the wheel and they get really excited so, you know it, <laughs> I wish they get something I know to look yeah it was it's not like they get much to look forward to when they're know. walking into their classrooms and because you used to also do things around the classroom and change it up mm -hmm. and stuff and now you have to yeah like yeah definitely all right, so let's talk parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that I have a ton to add to this, um, actually. Um, the parents, for the most part, have been very supportive of us. Um, we are a small school, and a lot of our students have been at this school since they were in kindergarten. Um, so our families reach out to us fairly often, and we communicate with them pretty regularly, um, which I feel like for the most part, our parents have been getting those emails and getting those um, those text messages and reminders. Um, so I don't know, I guess I don't have too, too much to say about parent complaints. We don't really have a ton of them. Um, and 
I think it also kind of adds another dynamic where parents are now hearing us teach, um, especially if they're working from home too, you know? So they're kind of hearing the, like, they're kind of hearing us in our element in the classroom, um, which they don't normally have the opportunity to do so. Um, and so a lot of parents are telling us like, oh, you know, we hear like all the things that you guys are doing with our kids and like, we're really appreciative. Um, so I think like our school sent out something right before Thanksgiving just to ask like parents and students to send like a quick message of thanks. And um, we got over like 150 responses. So that was very overwhelming, um, overwhelmingly positive and it, you know, it made our day. So I think um, like I said, uh, these might, you know, it might not be the same at a, at a like a regular public school, but I think because we're such a small school um, that we do have a much more like closer knit um, or we're able to be more close knit with, with our families um, because our middle school, we only have six teachers um, compared to traditional middle school probably has has a lot more um and it might be like hard to get in contact with you know certain certain teachers or um but our team because there's only six of us we work really well together like or we're very close and we um we make sure you know that if you know let's say i'm giving a test today that you know they don't also have a test in like language arts science and things like that but i know that in a bigger school setting that is less likely to happen because it's just not possible, you know? Gotcha. But I feel like, um, cause I don't know about you, but my timeline, I, I, I was having so many parents complaining with this digital, <laughs> but I think most of them also the fact that they actually have to help their kids through it. So I feel like maybe this year, cause I know teachers don't get the appreciation they deserve <laughs> but I feel like maybe this year the pandemic had to open people's eyes and maybe now teachers are gonna finally be getting the appreciation they deserve because <laughs> now parents get to be with their kids at home and help them study and they they're finally getting it like okay you know how, how sometimes also parents uh, be blaming the, the mm-hmm. teachers themselves because mm-hmm. they want to be with their kids and now they <laughs> I think also like so when we first when COVID first hit and we had to like leave school in March and turn everything online I think that that was probably the most challenging for parents and for us because we were constantly told that like you know just from the county level and the state level that we couldn't require kids to be online at specific times because you know nobody knew what was going on um and then you know parents are kind of trying to figure out what is going on with their work schedule so I know like March through May was really hard because for us, all we did was just like post assignments online, but we didn't really get a chance to see and interact with our kids and and teach them, you know. Um, But now, you know, from when they came back to school in August, at least with my my kids, um, they, you know, they quote unquote go to class 
the same way that they would normally go to class if they were in person. So like they have first period between, you know, eight to nine fifteen and then second period between nine fifteen to ten fifteen, you know. So they have to log in to certain classes and be there for the duration of that class time. Um and I think because there's a routine and because, you know, they're like I think because it's more in school mode than it was in the spring. Um, I think it has, at least for us, it's been a lot smoother. Um, and kids are, you know, learning more than they did in the spring because I couldn't like actually assigned kids like a certain time to, to log in and, and meet with me in the spring. But now I can't, you know, I see the same kids every day at, at their designated periods. Yeah. yeah. So... I think that's true. I think because in the beginning everybody was just trying to to figure out yeah. what's going on and learn the new no ways and but now that they're finally setting down, I feel like after the summer break everybody like they came to realize like this is this can be the like, right, normal. Right. So either way we have to right, get used exactly. to it. Exactly. 